This episode of Date Night is supported by ED Wine Company. If you're located in the GTA, Hamilton, Kitchener, or Guelph, you need to check out ED Wine Company. Sommelier Elizabeth Davies curates four wines for you and delivers them right to your door. It's an approachable way to explore the world of wine and helps you learn a thing or two along the way. So check them out on Instagram at edwineco and go to edwine.ca to sign up for either a monthly delivery like Shane and I get and absolutely love or just a single wine package, whatever works best for you. And when you sign up, make sure to use the promo code thisfamilytree10 to get 10% off either your whole subscription or your single wine package. Again, that's edwine.ca and thisfamilytree10. But Alex... Yeah, Shane. Date night must begin! Let's do it. Hello, everyone. I'm Alex, and I'm here with my husband, Shane. And we're sitting in front of a roaring fire. But we may as well be logs of wood also. Because we're about to get lit. <laughs> Welcome to date night. <laughs> what do you think of that? I like it. I like it. Well, we're, we're kind of, you know, we're our second glass in. So let's let's do this, Shane. Cheers. Let's just get right into the tasting. And we're doing this outside, so listen to this fire for a second. That's nice. Hey, so if you hear crackling in the background, know that this isn't an artificial sound effect that I've decided to add in to relax you. It's just, we're at the cottage doing this, but yeah, let's do it. Cheers, babe. All right, so tonight, like every date night, Shane and I are cracking open a bottle of wine that we have never tried before that we get in our subscription from ED Wines. And we are going to try to guess the tasting notes because the sommelier Elizabeth Davies, uh, she gives us tasting notes with each bottle and it is so fun. We still kind of suck at it, but here it goes. So tonight we are drinking Chateau Lamartine Cuvée Tradition Malbec Cohort 2016. All right, let me get, let me get my nose in it, give it a good smell. Hold on. Okay, to me, this is definitely like a classic red wine. Super fruity, right? Well, I'm going to say it definitely is dark chocolate in it. Really? I, I would bet See, anything. That I don't get that smoothness. I get more of like a tanginess, maybe. I don't find dark chocolate smooth, though. Well, I, I find milk chocolate smooth. Dark chocolate has a bitterness. It's bitter for sure. Hold on. Okay. 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 All right. I get that. I get the bitter dark chocolate, but there's still some kind of tangy fruit, and I don't really know what. Hmm. Like sweet tang. Mango, maybe? No. <laughs> I like that idea of mango in a red wine. Um, well, let's read it. All right, let's go. Let's go. I'll read you the tasting notes. Cahors is a French wine region located between the Atlantic Ocean and the Mediterranean Sea. Its microclimate is the perfect environment for growing Malbec. In fact, this is where the Malbec grape originated. Flavors explode out of your glass here, which is definitely what I'm getting. Plum, black currant, blueberry, blackberry, and cherry represent our fruit component. Right? So tangy sweet. All those things are like tangy sweet, right? Where's the chocolate? Okay, hold on. There is also tobacco, vanilla, mm. and dark chocolate because of being aged in oak. There you go. There is also added complexity in the form of earth and pencil shavings. I thought you'd be more impressed with the dark I chocolate. am. Well, hold on. I'll, I'll comment on it after. Pencil shavings, so babe. Despite being explosive with flavors, this wine is considered medium-bodied. This is because the alcohol is modest at 13%, and the tannins are also moderate. These two elements make your wine feel lighter. Have this wine with blue cheese and you'll see how well it pairs with Malbec. Blue cheese burgers, maybe? Oh, see, that sounds good. I could go for that right now. Yummy, yummy. <laughs> so I am very impressed with your dark chocolate. That is a really good, that's a really good, and not a guess because you're not guessing, you're tasting. Yeah, well, it's hard to guess when you've read it off the bottle when you 
pointed it my direction and I couldn't help <laughs> but look. So unfortunately, I'm not the savant that a lot of people are probably thinking I was because I'm coming clean right now. I read that off the bottle, but like it just jumped off the page at me because I didn't know it was all capitalized. Oh, yeah. It's like bolded, capitalized. So, yeah. So I cheated. <laughs> but I did agree with the, the note. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I want us to both taste it right now, specifically for tobacco and pencil shavings. Weird. See, oh, we, we've, seen, shavings for we've sure. seen tobacco in mine before, but I want to do the pencil shavings. And like, yeah, why is that a flavor we know? It's like we can taste pencil shavings, yet how many people have actually tasted pencil shavings? Like nobody, but we know the smell. But you smell or the, it so well. It's like you've been tasting it's it. It's so weird. Yeah. And why would anyone want to taste something like that? Why would someone like that? Why is that a good thing to be in a wine? I don't think it's necessarily a good thing. I just think it's the thing that our brain associates with it. And like you don't know necessarily how a wine is going to taste once it's done and like all the notes, right? Because it's just... What if it's a bad thing? You think they'd just omit it. They'd be like, let's not just say pencil shavings. (laughs) Might make people mad. (laughs) Yeah, I'm into it. I do do the pencil shavings. Because the one wine we had did taste like garbage, right? No, no, not garbage. It tasted like uh, barnyard, you said. Yes. Yeah, and it it did. No, I said urine. You said hay-soaked urine or urine-soaked hay. But yeah, but before we go on, I must say I do love this wine. Yeah, it's really beautiful. And we had sausage tonight. That flavor is still lingering. It's really nice. And I will say I love almost every wine. Like all my favorite wines now have come from this service. Oh my God, yeah. And you can't, the the thing is, is that you can't get them at the LCBO. So you have to go direct to the winery. So it, it's very cool, but it's also like, ah, like you love a bottle and then. However, we did secure a bottle from. Oh, was Pearl Morissette. Yes. So Pearl Morissette is a place that doesn't typically give out bottles. But Alex kind of pulled her uh, weight around, and we ended up getting a bottle from Pearl Morissette, which we discovered from mm, Ed yeah. Wine, and it—that is probably my favorite bottle of wine ever. Hands it's a white down. wine, yeah, hands down. So it was the, the Pearl Morissette Chardonnay, hands down, one of my top three favorite wines that I've ever had in my life. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. But Shane, let's get into it. You want to start, or do I want to start? Okay, I'll start. Okay. Okay, I had a dare for you to jump in the lake. Get it. You you asked me. I told you I wanted to do truth or dares. And you're like, what? You're going to ask me to get in the lake or something? Stop with these imitations. These are <laughs> these imitations are insulting <laughs> on so many levels. But, but Shane. Yeah. Did you have that dare written down before? No, because me. I thought, okay, I don't really want to jump in the lake. I don't want to play truth or dare. But Alex seems to like this game a lot. So I'm like, sure, I'll ask her to jump in the lake right off the top. I'll do it at the end of the episode. Okay. Will you do it with me? No. You baby. Come on. It's a beautiful night. The water's warm. We were in there this afternoon. We're going to have a couple more glasses of wine. Okay, fine. <laughs> what was your type before we met? And I, I almost hesitate to ask because I feel like you've covered this, but try to cover it better than you have Okay, before. okay. So, I mean, I think I had a few different types. Ideally, my type is just somebody who is funny and kind, and there's boats going on in the background as well, guys. So not just the crackling of fire, but boats. Funny and kind. And, you know, I, I don't know, just likes to have fun in the same way I do, like sociable and... That was your type before we met? It seemed like you dated a lot of like guys well, with like eight packs who were just looked good. So be honest here. You're no, describing no, no, me no, right Shane, now. Shane, I never 
I never dated those guys. Like, yes, you did. Uh, yeah, briefly. But like my long-term relationships were with... I'm not talking about guys you got into relationships. I'm saying what was your type? Like what would you say was your type? Like that I was just like attracted yeah, like, to that I... Yeah, like what was your type? Like uh, okay, co- well, I hair mean, color, body type? Okay, it, hair color didn't really matter. But if we're like... If there's a guy in the bar that I'm buying a drink for, if it's some tall drink of water that's, you know, got some What's muscles tall? on him, I don't know, like six three. Six three? I don't know. No guy's getting some guy who's six one and a half who really likes you isn't getting a drink. Well, I don't know if he really likes me. I'm I'm just saying, like if I see somebody in a bar, then I'm gonna buy them a drink. You know what I mean? That's who stands out. But, like, I've always liked long hair. Um, if you saw Sean Mendez at a bar, would you be attracted to him? No, I, I, I think he's attractive, but he wouldn't be my type. Like, if I saw, say, Tom Hardy at a bar, that would be more my type. And have you ever dated a guy who's like Tom Hardy in any way? Not in personality. Present company excluded. <laughs> no, personality-wise, no. Like, a few of the guys that I dated are, uh, I mean, they've... You've heard me talk about them before. Like there wasn't really much substance there, but like a couple, you know, charming looking male models. Charming looking. Well, I was gonna say charming, but maybe they weren't charming. Maybe it was just the eight packs. But yeah, I don't know. I I've historically dated mostly artistic people and been attracted to that type of like broody artist, whether it's a musician or. Like, I don't know, I guess only musicians, mm-hmm. musicians. It's yeah, it, it was it was a long, long time that I was attracted to musicians, which is, you know, not a good reason to go for somebody. And uh, I obviously didn't end up with a musician. That's all I'm going to say about musicians. Be because careful. But you've upset people. before. <laughs> no, there are lovely musicians out there. Uh, doesn't work for me or I have not met the right ones. But Shane, I'd still say you're you're an artist type and you are exactly the type that I would go for. Like you're funny, you have a big personality, you are artistic, you are very funny. I said that you are kind and you got a great butt. So you kind of check off. Did you mention all I'm my, funny though? <laughs> you check off all my boxes. Mm-hmm. What about you? No, you, see, I didn't know if I wanted to ask you because I get jealous right away. I don't even want to know. I don't want to know your type. Don't talk to me about that. Come on. You okay. know my type. What? It's nothing crazy. Like, it's nothing that wild. Blonde, double Ds. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I like sweethearts. I have a big thing for sweethearted people. Well, you were a big Natalie Portman fan for a very long time. Is she she's, considered a sweetheart? Yeah, I think she's very sweetie type, you know? Yeah, I like people who are not abrasive. You're actually the most loud I, loud mouth has such a negative connotation, but you are loud and boisterous in a sweet way. Somebody did tell me once on a date that I was abrasive and I was taken aback because I don't think I'm abrasive. No, you're not. You're someone I could see how someone could might misconstrue that because you are not holding back your chuckles or your opinion or you might give someone a little shove in like a fun way. Well, I was grocery shopping with this guy. It was our first date. And we were going to make make a meal. Mm-hmm. It was in university. And he came grocery shopping with me. Did not end up making the meal. Because I ditched him after the grocery shop. Because... What went wrong? Well, I told him I was from Hamilton. 
Oh, strike one. <laughs> <laughs> no, and he goes, he's And a, then you did the Oski wee wee chant. No, he was an entitled, pretentious Toronto guy. And he goes, oh, yeah, I could kind of tell. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And he said, you're a little abrasive. And then I just oh, said, he just read a book on neg theory. By, uh, well, it didn't work for him yeah. because I told him that it wasn't going to work because I love my city. And we parted ways in the grocery store. Man. <laughs> so he probably just bought some book on how to a pickup artist book by Mystery, <laughs> who's from Toronto, which is the, the neg theory is like you put a woman down, you treat a girl like dirt, she'll stick to you like mud. And <laughs> it just blew up in his face. Yes, because he probably really liked you, and then is, he yeah. thought he would just be suave and prove that he's so attractive that he doesn't need to be attractive. I I need kind. I need kind. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing. Like, you know, if you're not kind, and if you're gonna put down somebody's hometown, and the thing is, like, he 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 knew nothing about me, about where I'm from, about my family, about what I like, yet he was being so classist just from that. And it's like, I I was still coming out of my punk rock days. Mm-hmm. So I was very much like, uh, felt like I was a, a woman of the people. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, down with the rich. I was very, like, I think I like wrote on one of my high school um binders once eat the rich like stuff just like a that. reminder your dad paid for your phone bill till you were 27 <laughs> if there's any new <laughs> listeners but uh yeah so i hated that guy so much just from that conversation it would never have never worked what's your question alex all right pretend i'm your best friend okay so you choose the friend pretend i'm your best friend how would you describe the last year in quarantine with alex so like you're kicking back, having a brewski by a campfire, first night away, and somebody's like, "Yo, Shane, how's it been with Alex's last year?" I'd say, "Oh man, it was a roller coaster. Like we we really went through every emotion. We started out with one child, and then we started a business, and it it started to really do well. And then the second child came along and really knocked us on our ass a little bit because." two kids I underestimated Mm -hmm. and also like you know everyone's saying the novel coronavirus Mm -hmm. and everything but the novelty of it started to wear off halfway (laughs) through and because we were having a little bit of fun at at the beginning Mm -hmm. and enjoying it as a lot of people I'm finding out now were enjoying it to some extent but then we started grading on each other a little bit and then I think at the end of it it came full circle and it started to being fun again. And we saw the light at the end of the tunnel and we got in a rhythm and we really started to figure this whole thing out and figure out a system on how to be successful both in a business but also like a relationship way mm-hmm. and have like a work-life balance. So I do think ultimately it was helpful for us and our relationship and our business and our life. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, two things there. Now I'm back to being Alex, not your best friend. But as a best friend, I'll say, oh, cool, ma'am. But now that I'm back to being myself, I don't think we graded on each other that much, like as a whole. Like I think I think it was pretty okay. Like obviously there were times and sometimes the times would be like a week long of like just, just difficulty. But it wasn't, honestly, when I look back on it, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, but I think since I was more of a like a, taking on a leadership role yeah. in the business yeah it was hard because i obviously i respect you like utmost when mm-hmm. it comes to our family 
and you as a wife. But when it came to you as an employee, mm-hmm. I was questioning whether <laughs> or not I would like I'd, I would, I, and I told you this often. <laughs> I was like, if you were my employee, I would have to let you go, Alex. <laughs> like I, I couldn't stand for it, and I, it really made me feel disrespected because. I felt like you were taking advantage of our relationship, which was I'm your husband. <laughs> and I don't feel like a normal boss, you would neglect certain mm-hmm. tasks that were assigned to you. Well, and here's the and that's totally fair. And I think that's so valid. And like you said, I do think that, you know, everything we've been working on and I think we're better business partners and partners in just like life and marriage because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's so good. And I even think that we are better at showing each other like appreciation like on an intimacy level as well because we you know we worked through that after a year in pandemic being in postpartum having two kids like I think we've really got that to a good spot too and you know we know where our problems are in every regard and I think we know the paths to making things right when they go a little wonky so can I turn this question on you or hold on I I have one more one more thing to comment on Okay. You said novel coronavirus, but when the novelty wore off, do you know why they called it novel coronavirus? Because it was the first of its kind. Oh yeah. Well, it was like it was a new corona. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't know if you were like talking about. Well, like- often when things are new, like any relationship, when it's new, you're excited just because you're in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Like I've been in relationships where the novelty is what was exciting about it. And then mm-hmm. once the novelty wore off, I realized I didn't really like the person. No, abs- oh my God. All so I time. was just saying the novelty that the coronavirus... No, I like, I get it. I get it. I just, I just want to make sure I was on the same page. No, you didn't. You was- were, <laughs> you're trying to question my intelligence at all times, Alex. You're like, I, I know he's see- not educated, but let's see if he knows this and try to humiliate okay, him. Okay, I'm, I'm not a mic on much listener here <laughs> trying to catch you in something. Shane's other podcast. You were testing always- me, though. Well, I was, but in a fun, loving way. Well, I'm not having fun and I'm not feeling loved right now. <laughs> okay, so what, you're turning it on me? I was before you had to call me out on <laughs> Do you know what indubitably means? All right, so what's your question? Oh, you you do want to turn it on me. Okay. Well, I'll be your girlfriend here. Okay. So do tell, how are you and Shane handling the first 15 months of hell? <laughs> well, girl, um, no, it's been shockingly Two weeks since you... Good. And, uh, you know, like I look back at the past year and there have been moments where... Like, you know, I've called you a few times to vent, Mm -hmm. but there's been moments of like wanting to scream or just wanting to sit in my car for an hour and decompress. Why? Does he still think he's like your boss in whatever (laughs) business you're running? What is that called again? (laughs) The family tree? What is it? This family tree? Don't you get it wrong again? But yeah, no, it's, you know, everything has been so good. And obviously that's not to say that we're going to stumble in these areas and that we don't have any more room to grow because there is so much space to grow, obviously. But I think that Shane and I became way tighter in Mm. this time. And I'm kind of nervous to go back because Mm. uh, I like hanging out with my buddy. And I mean, you're great too, my girlfriend. Thank you, thank you. But uh, I'm nervous to lose all my time 
with shade. <laughs> I can't believe you're crying. Going through the year, you acted like there were so many more ups and downs, but now you're acting like it was all ups. Speaking of ups and downs, how is your intimacy? <laughs> oh, man. No, I love you. I'm uh... Okay. <laughs> Awkward. I'm, I'm addressing Shane and Shane again. Girlfriend is gone. I just mm. got emotional. Sorry. Okay, you never know when it's going to strike with Alex. <laughs> if I died, would you try to marry someone who reminded you of me? No, if I if you die, I uh, I don't know if I want to marry for love. I it'll probably, you know, I I <laughs> <laughs> said so sincerely, and I do believe that by the way. Alex isn't pulling a funny. Like I know everyone's like, "Wow, she's really committed to that joke and that was so good timing." You mean that? Yeah, I'd probably marry a rich older guy. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, I'd want to make sure my kids are taken care of, and there's only so much I can do as one person. And I would love to see a likability meter on the screen here, and just like how it just plummeted. <laughs> <laughs> no one listening likes you right now. Sorry, everybody, for disappointing you. But no, I love Shane so much, and uh, yeah. Marry for money if you kick the bucket, babe. Okay, for me, I'm going to turn it on myself now. I would absolutely be constantly comparing my new wife, who I would, I think I would pick up pretty quick because that's just the kind of guy I am. I would like instantly try to move on. Thanks. No, but I, here's the thing. Here's the flattering part. The woman <laughs> would never be able to live up to you and everything she did, I would be like, Alex would never do this. Alex wouldn't be like this. <laughs> or no. or in the ways that she was better than me, like maybe she would be a better uh, business partner. You'd be missing my old shenanigans, babe. You'd be like, oh, Alex would have screwed that one up. No, I'd be like, you're on my ass right now? Alex would never be on my ass. Alex was the one dropping the ball 24-7. I'm not used to people <laughs> calling me out on my how terrible I am at business. And if she didn't want to play like Connect Four or watch a movie I wanted to be, I'd be like, Alex would do anything I wanted to do. She would just be my partner. And you're saying no to going to see Barbershop 3 in theaters on opening <laughs> night? Well, because, <laughs> you know, you'll do anything. Oh, of course. Some game. And we, we did see Barbershop 3 in theaters on opening night. And we it was did a blast. not regret it. No, it was a blast. But so definitely fun. that woman would be having a very tough time. Poor thing. Well, yeah. I hope for the sake of that mystery woman, uh, I hope I don't die first. Well, okay. This is <laughs> the idea is more of a dump truck death. It's like it's not me into my eighties. No, no. This is that's what I mean. Like you know, I hope that I don't tragically die first. Oh, okay. So the, in this idea, it's like one of us is going to tragically die. No, I, hope I don't neither want of, either one of us well, to Well, don't say I hope die. I don't tragically die first. I'll, let's just say let's hope neither of us tragically die. Of, well, of course, that is the goal here and that's the ultimate. <laughs> but I'm just saying if one of us has to <laughs> What's go. What's your ultimate goal in life? <laughs> Not to tragically die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm all kinds of uh, emotional and funny tonight. Is this no, smoke like... inhalation right now? <laughs> like, I feel like there's a wind getting... Like, are you feeling very smoky-eyed right now? No, my eyes are smoky because Shane uh, Shane and I made dinner over the fire tonight for the family. We did sausages over the campfire. Uh, neither one of us can... Well, here's the thing. We, we don't really cook in real life as it is. 
So when it comes to campfire cooking, I mean, we are like years behind other normal people. But we tried it out and it was, I'd say, 60% successful. Uh, but because I was sitting in front of the, the flames turning the sausages, my eyes are yeah. very dry. And the sausage was 90% burnt <laughs> and 10% edible. And well, the 10% edible was also 100% delicious. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm not good at these math equations. All right, what's what's your okay. next question? What's the worst gift that you've ever received from me? You You are an excellent gift giver. I will say that. And Thank I feel you. like you get better every year. Thank you worst gift I received it's not the worst I'm gonna say the most useless and this was the best Christmas I've ever had in terms of gifts not that that's what Christmas is all about but it was an excellent year you bought me a jug of water wait that was this year yeah how is it useless okay because it was just so hard to fill up (laughs) it takes like half the idea of this jug of water is because you got me onto the idea we're supposed to drink a gallon of water a day and I was doing it through chugging glasses of water. But you got me a big jug that equals one gallon. So it's pretty much fill up the jug mm-hmm. and you're good for the day. But it takes so long to fill up. It's well, so hard, especially because we're, I'm trying to pour filtered water into the jug. And and we, we have to do that because we have a really old house. Like our house is like 115 yeah, years old. So we still have pipes. lead. We have lead pipes. Or yeah. what's the one you don't want lead, right? Lead. Yeah, we have lead pipes. So we can't we, we can't drink our water from the tap. And the filter takes about 15 minutes before it can fill up a jug. And then I got to pour out of the filtered jug into the other jug. And the the hole was so small on that jug. I was like, this jug gift you got me would be great if I brought it into work and I just filled it through their tap, which was already pre-filtered water. But as is, I tried it for like three weeks. You, You did a really good job in that time. But then I find the jug so heavy, too. Yeah. I wasn't even drinking all the jug water. But when I switch back over to my glass method, I just drink a glass in 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there we go. I drink seven of those a day, and I'm good for my gallon. Well, jug being heavy sounds like it's more of a Shane problem, and that maybe you could hit those weights a little harder. <laughs> you didn't like that one? I didn't like it, because you know I hit the weights hard. And <laughs> Speaking of which... Mrs. Waits, I bought you weights for Christmas that you said you wanted. Oh my Cut gosh. to me using the weights I bought you. And they're pink. They're everything I want in a weight. You don't use them ever. You said you were going to bring them to the cottage. You did not. Okay. I'm lifting weights even at the cottage here. Okay. Okay. Don't okay. say you want weights and I then not weights. use weights and then call me Mr. No Weightlifter. Shane, I want weights for... When well, I'm ready I'm wait, to use them. I'm waiting for you to use them. I, I just want them at home for when I'm finally ready to use them. Ready and to then... use them? They're three pound weights. <laughs> That's not what I mean. Like Lucy's ready to use them. What are you talking about? How much more ready do you need to be? Oh, They're ready. Gosh. No, for when I'm ready for the time. You know what I mean? So <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this is like the bachelor situation. I feel like I'm ready to begin to fall in love with you. No, you're ready to begin to lift those weights. Fine. All right. No, I am. I am. And I really love them. They're pink and they're nice and light. So they're just like really good just to, you know, get a little bit of that strength back. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. All right. Turning it on me. Um, The worst gift that I've ever received from you. My brain wasn't working. I just really wanted to know the worst one you've received from me. And I- I'm satisfied. What's the worst thing I've ever received from you? Because I couldn't think in my brain today. I'm tired, guys. Oh, I've gotten you some bad gifts. Um... Yeah, I need my memory to be jogged. Man, what was some really bad ones I got you? 
because you've gotten me some amazing ones. And like like you said, especially the past couple of years, like incredible. But I honestly can't even think of a bad one right now. But it would have to be one of those like, you know, just like a stocking stuffer type thing. That is just like, oh, this is kind of stupid. Oh, okay. Yeah. A stocking stuffer thing I got you. I got you a really elaborate keychain that was like a Swiss army knife thing that was like 32 pounds. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. And because I was doing the thing that people often do where they're thinking, what would I like? It's like she, we're like-minded people, so she would like what I would like. And I love little trinkets, and I like being prepared for anything and having a keychain that is a flashlight, a corkscrew. a Like I just love having everything on hand. But you aren't good with keys. I'm terrible. And you – you like carrying as little as possible. You like carrying one debit card loose in your pocket <laughs> that you're willing to lose, like at a moment's notice. You don't even get your passport. You'll just throw out the window just for fun, and uh, you know you don't like it. You like your keys, like two keys, one key. You don't know what what it does. You're True. Like, is this the mail key or is this my dad's extra key? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I I lost our car key and it's fifty bucks to replace. It's like you're that type of person. Yeah. So buying you a really expensive keychain was not a good gift. No, that's that's a good that's a good thing, and I totally forget that. Totally forget it. But uh, next question is yours, babe. Hey, can you pour me any more wine? Right yeah, now? of course. We both need a little fill up. Whoa, whoa. What? Put it down. My question. What bad habit would make you consider divorce? By the way, this habit can't be serious. Like, this can't be like, oh, he's cheating. So (laughs) what is the most frivolous bad habit that would actually make you consider divorce? Farting without any... Uh, any care in the world like if we were out in public and you started farting I even hate that like if you start tooting everywhere like if we're at my family's house or just walking down the street and you just toot and you don't say anything that would really really grate on me I hate it when uh oh oh yeah just I don't know like I know people in your life is doing this well I I've I had an uncle who uh is like the type to like to let one rip or like you had an uncle did he die i don't get another bitch. i just don't want to say it it's like i had an uncle who you know would be happy to let one rip or just belch really loudly in public and it was always super embarrassing and he would never acknowledge it or say anything well you had an uncle so i feel bad so r.i.p that, <laughs> <laughs> that ripping uncle <laughs> the ripping uncle <laughs> But yeah, I think that would irritate me so much just because it is so, it's so embarrassing. Like there's nothing uh, grosser than somebody just letting one rip in public and not saying anything. And like, you know, it's them. The Belching only, is much better. Right? No, it's this it's same grossness, I oh. think. If it's... Um, I'm sorry. You know, like you just got to say, excuse me or acknowledge that you did something. Well, you know I have a belching problem, and I'm, I apologize. Because I have this terrible habit of doing it, it when I think we're alone now. Shane, you'll do it in the street when we're playing our game. And I forget that it's not just you and I, because when I'm with you, I feel like we're the only two people. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't care if you just do it with me. But, like, if we're out in the street or, like, walking, you need to, like, not make it loud or say excuse me after. Okay. 
Uh, for me, obviously floaties are something we, <laughs> we've talked about, but you're with me still, so I won't say we're going to get a divorce. But something that's close is for some reason I find that women, and I don't want to be sexist here, don't break down recycling. They leave it, to, and I've heard other yeah. men complain that this is a huge problem, that typically men are taking out the garbage and recycling on garbage nights. So they're like, he'll just do it at the time comes. But not breaking down recycling. Like when you have, like for instance, uh, we drink a lot of carbonated soda water. <laughs> and those boxes, broken down, if you, if you, you know, open the flaps and make it really mm-hmm. thin, it's like, Nothing. It's like the size of a sheet of paper. Yeah. But if you don't break it down, it takes up 25% of the recycling bin. So if you get four of those, you can't fit anything more in the bin. So break down the recycling, ladies. Well, here and here's the thing, Shane, because I got to say, I was a, a non-recycling breakdown. Or I didn't know that you had to break it down. I just tossed things in the mudroom and somebody took care of it, right? So this is like we talked at the beginning of the episode about how quarantine has... You know, even through the tough times, it it helps us learn a little bit about each other, about life, all that crap. And breaking down recycling, in the last six months, I have done freaking consistently. Okay, because at this cottage, and I know other people live here, but (coughs) I was going through the recycling and there was full boxes in there. Well, who the heck do you think taught me not to break stuff down? Who is it? John and Lorna. I see. I, I know. I know. I don't think John does it either. I don't think he does so either. So I, I, I want to apologize for being sexist. <laughs> but here's the thing, Shane, have you not noticed in the last six months, I have broken everything down, whether I need a box cutter or just my mitts. I do it all. Thank you. You're welcome. That's why we're not getting a divorce. <laughs> Hit it. No, ask a question. <laughs> Hold on. Did you have a childhood nickname and what was it? And did you like it? Uh, Shane the Brain, Shane the Pain, Cunners. Uh, I was called, oh, name I can't even say at this day and age, but no, I didn't hate any of them. Why were you Shane the Brain and Shane the Pain? Shane the Pain when I was in elementary school just because it rhymed and people thought it would be funny and a good tease. Shane the Brain because in high school I was kind of like, the brain of all the comedic things going on in high school. (laughs) Like I would do the morning announcements. I would do the athletic banquet. I would do any big event. I would give all the speeches and do make all the skits for it. I also would run prank phone calling sessions where we would prank radio DJs on weeknights. And uh, that was a very popular thing throughout our high school. And I made a documentary that where I was kind of like the ringleader of catching my mom's cheating boyfriend and exposing <laughs> him. And this video went viral and that perpetuated my nickname, Shane the Brain. I gotta say, whenever I meet somebody's, somebody from Shane's high school or sometimes all, you know, somebody in like this family tree community will DM me and they're like, oh, hey, I went to high school with Shane. Oh my gosh, this documentary was amazing. I still haven't seen it and it's sitting somewhere in our basement. I need to see it. Year and a half. Yeah. If, if one of the few people out there listening have seen it, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Those were them. Uh, what was your no, nickname? So I, uh, I had Alex one sock. I had Buffalo butt. I had, uh, yeah, maybe Alex one sock and Buffalo butt. Cause you would wake up with one sock on. No, there was some random situation in elementary school where, uh, maybe it was like a track meet or something. And I only brought one sock. Uh, not sure why, but it stuck. And, um, 
I was Alex One Sock for a long time. Even my first Hotmail email was Alex underscore one underscore sock. <laughs> but yeah, so that was that was my first nickname, Alex One Sock. Buffalo Butt, where's that coming from? Buffalo Butt, uh, my old babysitter's house. So she used to watch me before school, at lunch, and after school. Um, and like every single day we became very very close with that family like we feel like we were in the family uh and I was best friends with her I was best friends with her daughter and on not two it was three occasions I broke a bed in their house by sitting on it three occasions so one like maybe twice I was like kind of jumping on it but another occasion I remember I just kind of like fell backwards on a bed like we were just like playing or whatever goof around and I kind of like like threw myself on the bed and uh it just broke so I don't know if they were terrible quality beds or if I have a buffalo butt I don't know what a buffalo butt is but thing is I I think I do have a buffalo butt and I love it I don't think of a big butt. They have a, little butts, don't a, they? A horse, I think, has a big, strong butt. Well, because buffaloes, they have a big upper body, but then their butt is like small in comparison. Yeah, I think it was just the alliteration. But I will say that, yeah, I do have a strong horse butt. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah. Alex Wonsock and Buffalo Butt are the only two that I can really, really think of. What shocked you the most to learn about me once you got to know me? All right, this sounds silly, but I think I was shocked to just learn how sweet and sentimental and sensitive you were because mm. I had been following, it's so like we had met prior at the music video and then I'd been following you on Instagram for a long time and you're like a man about town, always busy hanging with the guys and, you know, all these like hot girlfriends like going from one to the next and it was like, oh my God, this guy's busy. And then when, Life we, is short. <laughs> when we started going out, I was like, oh, my God, like you are uh, incredibly sentimental, incredibly. Um, I was like, you're family oriented now because we have we have mm-hmm. a family. And I'd say ever since we got married, you're, you've been very family oriented. The family. But, <laughs> but like you're very uh, much like a homebody when it comes to you being in a committed relationship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that was super shocking to me. And uh, just honestly, just how how sensitive you were. And mm-hmm. it, like not in a negative way. It's just it was very shocking. I wasn't expecting that. Okay, for me, I was very shocked at how goofy you were. <laughs> I thought you were way more pretentious and way more... And you are worldly, but I mean, like, I thought you'd be worldly in a very annoying, I stay in hostels type of way. (laughs) And I know you do like hostels. but You're so cheap. Yeah, but you're such a goofball. Because looking at your photos, you always look so posh. And it was like you, like, climbing a mountain. And I'm like, (laughs) I know this personality type. It's a very privileged person who's acting like they're mm. not but and I just thought you were going to be almost unbearable but I still like obviously I was well, like I'm gonna go on a date with this person not only that but you told your friends that we were gonna get married before we went on the date well here's why because Max said she's too nice for you right and that was a good clincher for me because I love sweethearts as people <laughs> who've been listening to this people have been listening to this podcast from the beginning like the, of this episode no I love sweethearts and that was like oh there you have it that's what I need I need someone who's considered mm. too nice for me 
Well, there you go. And look at us. Surviving a quarantine, baby. Mm -hmm. Two kids, a quarantine, and a business in the same year. Suck on that 2020 slash 21. Chill out. Now, what... (laughs) What's your next question? This will be my final question, but then I have a thing after. Okay. Me too. Go. My thing has to go last. What animal comes to mind when you think of me? Horse. (laughs) Give me another reason other than the great butt. You have a long face. (laughs) Like you and Jake have a long face. Yeah. Yeah. What else? I like this. Uh, You have nice hair. Thank you. Uh, You have great teeth. Thank you. And you have big eyes. <laughs> Kid, do you want to hear what animal I have for you? Let me guess. Oh, it's going to be a bird for sure. It's not. No. Okay. Okay. I'll okay. give, I'll a give weasel? you a hint. Closer. That's closer. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a burrowing mammal. Okay. I wait. I know what it is. What? A gopher. No. Why? Okay. What is it? It's a badger, babe. A what? You're a freaking badger. Badger. You're a badger. Badgers are among the most hardworking animals mm. of all time. They are so hardworking. They're a little bit grouchy and they're very family oriented. Did you know that? No. So some badgers, <laughs> listen, some badgers live in these like underground tunnel systems that have been passed down for like a hundred years from like their badger grandfathers. Okay. Is that why when I ask you to do something, you say stop badgering? <laughs> so they also live with their like immediate family and they're like very close with their badger family. But it all comes down to for you, the hard work and the sometimes grouchy, but mostly loving and family oriented. I like it. Yeah. All right. What's your what's your last thing? I've got two here. These are kind of frivolous ones. So I'll bang them out quick. Swiss chalet or Harvey's. You can never eat one of these again. Which do you pick? Harvey's. I love their poutine. So what you, about you? You're never going to eat Swiss Chalet again? Yeah. I'd, I'd go Harvey's. I want that poutine. That's And tough. they make a great burger. They have great onion rings. Too. Oh, the best onion rings. Shane, Harvey's and Fresh have the two best onion rings. But Swiss Chalet's sauce yeah, is you, such a cut above. Friggin' we'll find another one like that. You can't do the Harvey's poutine and onion rings and burger. I'm convinced. I'm going with Harvey's. Uh, last question. What do you want it to say on your gravestone? I don't know. I don't want a gravestone. You know, I told you I want to be buried with like a tree or my ashes spread on this lake or something. Never mind then. What do you want on your gravestone? I want it to say every man dies, but not every man truly lives. That's from a Mel Gibson movie. Um, I I thought you were going to give me a shout out. And I love Alex <laughs> Cunningham, who mostly goes by Lamparski. Okay, let's end this. This is just ridiculous. Thank you for listening to Date Night. Have a great day and night and year. Bye.